Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400 here in the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And we have a slight adjustment this morning with Ronnie doing some cross-country out in the country someplace. I think he's at Milliken. And we got Alex, a little sleepy-looking Alex Smith, who had a had his big day yesterday, so he uh, agreed to... Come Late in and night, bail us out and push the buttons. That's right. Uh, up here till well after midnight doing high school football stuff. So, but glad to be here with you. Still got his pajamas on and his dormant hat. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about it, he he's, he can do the job real good and he's dedicated. And that was the voice of Greg Moore, who's uh, we're glad to have Greg back uh, this week after taking a week off. Greg had to spend uh, what'd you say about twenty four hours in the dark. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, we had lost power uh, at part of Converse Heights, and the power went off like at 9 o'clock at night. And no, luckily, like Thursday night or Wednesday night? Uh, Thursday night. Yeah, we got, well, let's put it this way. We got the power back on at uh, 7.30 last night, so it was almost 24 hours. Right. It was about 20, well, anyway, we don't need to get technical about that. We was in dark for a while. <laughs> But uh, we, I'm in the dark all the time, by the way, and there was nothing wrong with our power. Yeah. But it was, it's kind of sporadic the way they do it. And, um, well, but, we're glad to have you back. And, um, yeah, I rode by your neighborhood yesterday, and I, I think they had ever Duke Power, Duke Energy, whatever it is, truck in the in the county was on the, a couple of streets over from your house. And there was lines laying everywhere and streets blocked off. It was a mess. And, I, you know, if it was because of that storm, it, I mean, it wasn't that bad at, at my house. But it wasn't ours either. It must have just been a bad tree. They had a tree that started the whole thing on Ivy Street. And I feel so sorry because it, I don't know whose house it hit. But if they're listening, uh, you know, we, they're in our prayers because it, it had to be a big tree. And it wiped out three poles and took down four lines. And <laughs> and hats off to Duke Power to get it fixed. Something that stout yeah. uh, in, say, 22 hours is great. And we want to also... Uh Keep in mind the people on the coast who uh, are still battling the flood. I know my my son and his wife are living at Camp Lejeune, and he's in the, my son's in the Marine Corps. And uh, right after the storm, they told them they didn't have to come back for two weeks. So he's been here for two extra weeks, and he has to be back August first, which is Monday morning. So it's been good to have him here, but that just shows you how how uh, desperate the situation's been all along the coast, uh, even in South Carolina with the water still rising. But we actually do this every Saturday morning to talk about racing. And we got some racing this weekend. And I'm telling you right now, I've been doing this show for a couple of years and been following racing all my life. And Greg, I know you've been a big part of it, uh, you know, a huge part of your life for for, um, your 62 years on earth. But this thing at Charlotte this weekend is going to be going to be a I don't want to say a mess, but I'm telling you what I watched the qualifying yesterday, and this 17 turn road course uh, roval that they call it, it's it's something else. 
I mean, they've torn, already torn up a whole bunch of cars. And uh, as a matter of fact, in trying to get somebody to bring on the show today, which we have somebody we'll talk about in a few minutes, you talked to the Wood Brothers, right? Or to, to yeah. the Wood Sons. And yeah, they're I, having, they've bent some sheet metal up there. Well, they, they actually went up there with Paul Menard and lost two cars during testing because mm. they did have some testing uh, on, on a couple of sessions uh, because this was so new and, and unique. Uh, and some other people lost cars, too. Now, the, the, the situation I'm thinking about, this hadn't been tried before since Daytona had their road course. Now, uh, the, the concept is great. I hope it goes real good. I don't like the chicane at the back. They got two of them. They got one in the front, too. Yeah, and they don't, that right there hurts. They need to get the full oval effect like at Daytona, which I think Daytona finally put a chicane in or something. But uh, it's going to be interesting. And I think if they get it tweaked right, uh, which might take some major tweaking, then it'll be a good deal. Well, I watched the qualifying yesterday, or the end of it, and uh, A.J. Allmendinger, who has lost his job with the Daughtry Racing Team, DTG Racing, uh, that's owned by uh, uh, Daughtry, I can't think of his first name right now, that used to play for the University of North Carolina. Alex, who would that be? You know, he was a pro. And, and he was uh, he played for Cleveland and he was number forty three because Richard Petty was his hero. Hmm. But anyway, he owns that team and he got he, he canned Almondinger, and um, but Almondinger almost had to pole yesterday till Kurt Busch snatched it away from him at the last minute. Now I just happened to listen to John Boy and Billy yesterday morning and they had Kurt Busch on there by coincidence. What was his comment? He said that they're running 185 miles an hour on the backstretch before they get to that chicane. And I, and I watched it yesterday when uh, Denny Hamlin came through there. And he the chicane is some, I don't know what they're made of. It must be metal. Didn't you say they were metal? That they put on the track to make them you know, have to take a quick left and right. And Hamlin hit that thing wrong yesterday. And, and he was hauling the mail. And he tore the front end off the car. And uh, he couldn't get it gathered up before he backed it into the wall. So he, uh, and they had to go to the backup. And uh, you've got the qualifying there in your hands. I believe he's probably down towards the bottom. Uh, I'm sure they had to go to a backup car. Well, they they did use metal. And our guest is coming on, Mike Zo, uh, who's vice president of Texas Motor Speedway, which is dialed in very closely with Charlotte. Uh, he had mentioned something about the, 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 the made, the bump strips and stuff out of metal. So, Perry, you're right. And... Well, I didn't know it until you told me driving over here in you the know, car. But uh, th- that's created some problems. And uh, I know we'll find out from, from Mike a little bit more on that. But it's going to be interesting. I don't they- know how they're going to get 40 cars around there. And, and you know, the it, it's no secret that the Xfinity drivers, most of them, aren't as experienced as the cup drivers. And they're going to test it out today. They've got their race today. and um, Everybody I, in the world is going to be watching TV today. I well, yeah, between that and football, uh, I think, in fact, I think the race comes on uh, just about the time that those middle football games uh, come on. And most of the good games are at, either at noon or at 730. So there's a good gap in there where you could watch the race. And... Uh, but the Xfinity cars, I, I haven't had any feedback or seen anything about them practicing. But you know, with them not quite being, and I'm not throwing off on them, but not quite being the same quality of, of driver on the most part, part, you know, as the cup guys, I got a feeling that's going to tear up some cars. And they were also saying that if it rained, they're going to put on the rain tires and the windshield wipers and keep going. So, I mean, it's just going to be... 
You, you talk about having a wild card in the chase, these final 10 races, and then this being an elimination race, because we're going to lose four drivers after this race. You know, there's four of them won't be uh, into the chase anymore, and we'll be down to 12. And um, it's just, it's you talk about throwing a joker in the, in the, in the deck here. This, this is it. Yeah, no doubt about it, Perry. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting, and uh, like I say, it, it can be done. I know we we run the, the Daytona road course, which has been tweaked and everything with the Trans Am cars and GT cars, and we run it twice and won it twice, and it's doable. But uh, they might have to tweak it. I hope it works. Well, we'll we're I, gonna find it. You know, when we had when they first announced this last year, it was the week that we had. Uh, we had Darrell Waltrip on the show. And you remember, he didn't like it too much. He said, I don't know about this, boys. Because I was excited. And I said, you know, this is one race I'd probably like to see and blah, blah. And he said, well, yeah, it'd be a good one to see. But, you know, I, I don't know how this is going to work. Putting a, a race that's this important that nobody's ever run the race or the track before. And it's 109 laps around a 17-turn course. And, uh, I mean, this is going to take a long time. It's going to be a long race. Because you know they're going to have cautions. And um, the bottom four, by the way, in the standings right now, that would stand the biggest chance if they cut four off right now would be Boyer, Jimmy Johnson, Eric Jones, and Denny Hamlin. And like I said, Denny Hamlin's already backed his car into the wall yesterday. So uh, I'd say he's he's got a well, long road ahead. And those four have to win. If you win, you're into the next round right. no matter what. So. That's right. The only thing I will say... We were we were very leery the first time we went to Sears Point, right? Well, Sears Point, pretty treacherous racetrack, even to run the the pony cars with the Trans Am cars. Well, you know they cleaned Sears Point up a lot after that first That's couple right. of races. They it changed. had that corkscrew and all that stuff that they were cars flipping all over the place. When y'all, I guess you went out there with Lake Speed. I'm trying to think who was it. Well, we won it in '93. That was the last win with the Apodine, and we just smoked them. Right oh yeah, there. it would have been before that. So. But That's right. Seemed to me like it was '90. Yeah, we we actually run it with Morgan. We're running second with Morgan, I think, in there the very first race. Yeah. And the oil level got low and it started the bearings. And anyway, we lost the motor with two laps to go. But anyway, uh, let's, we got some other stuff to talk about. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that the, the main, uh, the main focus here, though, is, is, Running a track that's never been run before. That's right. So, and so you were there at Sonoma when it had never been run before. And, it, and they did that track barely resembles now what it used to be exactly i but, mean they had that gilligan's island and all that oh, stuff. yeah we, we got stuck on gilligan's island one <laughs> where time. you had to pit the cars you know and uh it was something else so it took a lot of adjustment a lot, took of, a adjustment. lot of adjustment and uh we've got um that race tomorrow at what time let's see at two o'clock on in uh, nbcsn and today they have the um the race at oh where is my stuff here for the Xfinity cars will be um, running at uh, this afternoon and I think that's at two o'clock if I'm not mistaken we'll get Nelson I'm sure he's trackside right now to uh, to uh, tell us what's going on I, I believe they're probably qualifying as we speak otherwise uh, I tell you the weather it's it's a nice kind of a cool day fall is definitely here. And if you're going to go to some of the local tracks around here, you might um, you might check with them before you go. Check their websites or 
whatever, because I know that um, it looks kind of iffy. My phone says it's going to rain from about 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock, but uh, I don't know if my smartphone's that smart. So we'll uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. But, Greg, I know that you, um, you like the rest of us, will be watching tomorrow, and uh, I hope... Uh, I hope we don't see anything that we wish we hadn't seen. In other words, I, I, that's a fast track. Don't want anybody to get hurt. Don't mind seeing some uh, a lot of action, and I'm pretty sure we're going to see that. Yeah, we're going to see some action, and I think they took the the time to put you know soft walls in and this sort of thing. But they're going to have to adjust it. It's going to be interesting, and, and it may turn off just really, hopefully, better than what we think. But what we've seen up to this point. Uh, seem to be is 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 not a lot of place to pass. I just hated that chicane in the backstretch. I mean, I, to me, that just that'd been a good point for people to pass if they had horsepower, like they run 185. Go ahead, going through the turn, then worry about getting woke. Well, that's why they put it in there because Kurt Busch, like I said, he said they were doing 185 on the backstretch, even with the chicane. So, uh, but here's your starting lineup for um, the race tomorrow. It's uh, Kurt Busch is on the pole. Of course, he's driving for um, Stuart Haas, the, the number 41 Monster Energy car. And uh, J- A.J. Allmendinger is second. He's fired. So this is like uh, he's kind of auditioning. But everybody knows A.J. Allmendinger is going to run good on a road course because he's a road course specialist. Always does. Yeah, yeah. good road course. Uh, second row is Alex Bowman, who, of course, has got Dale Jr.'s old car and uh, with Chase Elliott. So you got two of the Hendrick cars there on the second row. The third row is Kyle Larson with Jimmy Johnson. So Jimmy, desperately, he's in that first four that's going to get knocked out if he doesn't do something. So he's put himself in a good position to uh, to maybe to maybe move on. And uh, the next four, uh, the next two on the fourth row are Clint Boyer and Jimmy McMurray. Clint's moving next year. Uh, I mean, no, not Clint. Um, McMurray's been fired next year, so we don't know where he's going to land if he lands any place. And I'm not sure who's going to take over the the car number one. We'll get Nelson to tell us that. And the fifth row is Ryan Blaney and Chris Boucher. Boucher is the other team car to uh, A.J. Allmendinger, and this is a real good start for him. And looking on down the line, I know... The big three, you got Kyle Busch, he's starting 14th. Uh, Logano is 15th. Uh, looking on down through here, Kevin Harvick is 19th. So these are the heavy hitters. Where's Truex? Truex is win- that wins about every week. Um, he's starting 13th. He's on the, he's on the, the seventh row with Bush. So, um, you still got the class acts toward the front. Yeah, most yeah. of them. Most of them. <laughs> so anyway, and we'll talk about a few other things concerning this race. But right now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Mike Zizzo from uh, the Texas Motor Speedway, who can tell us all about this Roval and um, give us some information about what it takes to put one of these things on and the configuration of the track. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Fox Sports 1400 in Spartanburg, and we'll be right back after this. Start your engines. We'll be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. 
Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I plantain. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon whip, no trim. <laughs> had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John D. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. Hey, plantain. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Speedy Lube and Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway, and Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. It's our favorite time of the year, football season, and sports talk has South Carolina covered from the coast to the mountains. This is Phil Cornblue. Join Will Logic, Tom Hayes, and me weeknights from 6 to 8. You'll hear from Dabo, Muschamp, players and coaches as we break it all down for you, as we have over the last three decades. That's sports talk weeknights at 6 here on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. We spend a lot of time in our cars, so make that time well spent with the help from Elite Audio. Elite Audio on Asheville Highway can upgrade your sound system, add a navigation system, customize your interior, and does custom tires and wheels. And check this out. Elite Audio offers 90 days same as cash with no credit check. All you need is an active checking account and proof of appointment. Visit EliteAudioOnline.com or drop by 1504 Asheville Highway in Spartanburg. At Elite Audio, you dream it, we build it. It's football season, which means it's time for tailgates. To make your tailgate number one, you need to visit Game Day Barbecue in Duncan. Game Day Barbecue has all your favorites, including pulled pork, smokehouse chicken, ribs, and brisket. Match any of those with their eight homemade sides like mac and cheese and potato salad, and you have a winning team. Game Day Barbecue, 165 West Main Street in Duncan, open from 10.30 a.m. till 8 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday. So stop in for lunch or dinner or give them a call at 864-249-6787 to cater your event or tailgate. Game Day Barbecue, we do things the old-fashioned way. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirit's apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirit's. Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. It's pretty obvious that the Steak Horse Restaurant and Billiards has billiards, right? It's in their name. But now they are expanding their games to include dart leagues, cornhole, and classic arcade games. Now at Steak Horse, you can shoot unlimited games of pool from 11 a.m. until 6 p.m. for only $10. Steak Horse also has some of the best food around, from their famous ribeye steak with steamed veggies and twice-picked potato to my favorite, the St. Louis-style ribs with baked beans and slaw. Visit our friends at Steak Horse Restaurant and Billiards, 2600 East Main Street, Spartanburg, open daily at 11 a.m. 
For everything happening here at the station, download our Fox Sports 1400 app today. Type Fox Sports 1400 to search Google Play or the Apple Store to get started. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400 here in Spartanburg. And it's my pleasure to bring on the show from the Texas Motor Speedway, Mike Zizzo. Mike, how are you doing this morning? Good. How about yourself? Doing great. You, uh, I know, are uh, out at Texas. Are you at Texas or are you, are you in Charlotte watching uh, the festivities that we're going to all witness this weekend? Unfortunately, I'm back in Texas getting ready for our AAA Texas 500 in November. But uh, our track president, Eddie Gossage, is out there. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching on TV. It should be a tremendous race. Yeah. A great race weekend, actually, starting no, today. No. No doubt about it, Mike. And we, we appreciate you taking your time out. I know you had some things you had to rearrange your schedule. And we, we really appreciate having, having on the show. And I know you're very tied in. We're, we're interested. You know, uh, Texas is coming up, and it's part of the chase. And, uh, you know, Charlotte Motor Speedway and Texas are, are tied in. You know, uh, uh, you know, Gossage, you know, he got his start at Charlotte. And uh, obviously he's over there in the lane. But he had to leave somebody back, like the vice president. If, you know, to, to hold down the ship uh, in Texas, which I'm sure we know that's a proven commodity. So we know it's going to be a great event and have a lot of people. But Mike, uh, what what kind of uh, feedback are you getting from Eddie? We know that it, we've had some some wrecks and uh, it's a fast track. And but uh, what what's kind of your your scoop on what's going on? We hope it goes good. Well, I'll tell you what, you got to give Marcus Smith and the whole group at SMI and Charlotte just a, a huge pat on the back for being bold, being creative, and trying to make it a little different, you know, especially in the playoffs. And I know you've hear, heard some of the drivers griping just about the unknowns, which, you know what, it, it reminds me of like a PGA major. The greatest players in the world go there, and the conditions are tough, and they'll complain about it, but what usually comes out of it, you have great drama. Um, you watch them grind. they got to work so hard. And it kind of humanizes them because it puts them on a level where, where they make mistakes. And I think the Roval is going to do that with these guys. They'll figure it out at some point. You know that because they're the greatest drivers in the world. But going into it, I don't think they like all the unknowns, especially the guys in the playoff picture. You know, what's their concern is one mistake here and I'm out of the playoffs. Yep. That might be one thing of concern, but. It's the same for everybody. You know, there was a lot of concerns. We were talking earlier about the first time I went to Sears Point. And they had to adjust it. And I'm sure they're going to have to make some adjustments uh, to Charlotte Motor Speedway on this deal. The concept's fantastic. They're not, uh, uh, they didn't print up any T-shirts for Charlotte, did they, that says shut up and drive? Well, they probably should have. They probably well, should Well, I'm concerned because Eddie's there, so you never know. <laughs> he might find an opportunity and have a little Texas Motor Speedway logo somewhere on that as well. For those that but don't know what... Me, for those, I just want to say, ahead. for those that don't know what we're talking about, you know, I, and you can be more specific, but it was... Was that right after they built Texas, or was it after a repaving or something when uh, the drivers were all belly aching and complaining and, and Eddie Gossage had these T-shirts printed up that said, uh, just shut up and drive? Yes, that, that went over quite well with them, didn't it? But, uh, that was you know, that's Eddie's, Eddie always taking advantage of opportunities, and it was true. You know what? Here's a racetrack. You guys are the best of what you do, and make it happen. It's on and the schedule, so we got to run it. 
Yep. Yeah. And it reminds me of Texas when we changed uh, our track a couple years ago when we changed the banking and we were trying to make it different where it wasn't symmetrical with 24-degree banking and all the turns. So we flattened it out and we're like, this will be challenging for the guys. We did the repave as well. Um, but it's interesting how quickly they adapt and figure it out. And you know, a lot of credit goes not only to the driver but to the crew chief because they, they try and get as much data as they can. And I think this race is what concerns the crew chiefs is they don't have any data. They did a little testing. They're still trying to figure it out. The drivers are trying to figure out how much speed they could take into the corners and then be effective but not lose it and spin out. So uh, it's going to be interesting, I think, on that first turn because they're already, what, calling a calamity corner. Yeah. Um, and, and going in that first turn, who's going to be aggressive? Who's going to be passive? You're going to get a good mix throughout the whole day of guys who are trying to get in, guys like Denny Hamlin, who's going to take every risk he can to get up to the front of that field because he's got to get in to advance. Other guys that are maybe on the bubble may be a little more passive. So I think it's just going to be awesome. And then you have people who aren't the playoff contenders that are like, this is a great opportunity for me to take advantage of this and maybe come home with a win on Sunday. Like A.J. Allmendinger, who actually doesn't even have a ride for next year. Right, and and that's what he was talking about yesterday. There's nothing better than a win, whether you have a ride or not. And if he was to get a win, you know what? It's going to open some eyes again where people are going to say, you know what? Maybe we need A.J. on our team. Right. Well, the bottom four, um, you know, are, are Boyer, Johnson, Eric Jones, and Hamlin. Of course, Hamlin tore a car up yesterday, and I assume he's the – I think they're bringing up, out the backup, and he'll have to start at the rear. So he's got to pass them all, and he's already last – uh, of the 16 drivers in the chase, but you got Jimmy Johnson and um, Boyer who are in that final four, the first four out that have real good starting positions. So uh, you were talking about the drivers being nervous about what could happen to them, you know, the chase, the guys in the chase, but it could also really benefit the guys in the chase that aren't sitting in such a good position. Definitely. So you got, you know, Kurt Busch on the pole. I think it's seven out of 10 uh, playoff uh Contenders are in that top 10 qualifying positions. And you mentioned Jimmy and Clinton. They're going to start six and seven. Um, good starting position for them. And I know Jimmy Johnson has struggled all year, but he is a seven-time champion. He's good on road courses. It'll be interesting to see if, you know, he can get up front. And you know he's going to be a little bit aggressive because I don't think he wants it to come down for points and how everyone else finishes. I think he'd rather just wind up in victory circle and say, all right, we're moving on to the next round, and let's just see how it plays out. The great thing about Jimmy, he's got speed now. Right. You know, that has been a struggle all year, and he comes to this road course, and he's got a great crew chief in Chad Canals who figures things out so quickly, and I think that'll be an advantage for that team, too. We're talking to Mike Zizzo from Texas Motor Speedway about the – we're going to talk about his upcoming race in November in a few minutes. But, uh, Mike, Greg and I were talking earlier about this chicane they put at the end of the backstretch. And I heard Kurt Busch talking about it on the radio yesterday in an interview. He said they're doing 185 miles an hour on the backstretch before they get to that chicane. And I saw uh, Denny Hamlin hit it yesterday and, and hit about everything else, too. Um, but what is that? What is what is that made of that they've put in the track? I mean, did I hear somebody say it was made of metal that uh, that they used to create the the bump, you know, the bumps for the corner? I'm not sure what they used on it, but the thing that's impressed me the most, if, if you watched qualifying and practice yesterday, is all the elevation changes, yeah. which make a big difference for drivers, too, because they have to figure out when they're 
going downhill or slightly uphill and, and how to, like we talked about, how they have to brake, you know, accelerate and all that. Um, but that chicane and coming in there that fast is incredible. You have a, a lot of IndyCar tracks. One, for example, is like Road America. A lot of high-speed areas like that chicane, and that's where NASCAR runs too. It's incredible how fast they go because people um, associate road course and uh, they're not going to be running that fast because all the turns. But as you just mentioned, the speeds they're going to take into that chicane is, is tremendous. Yeah, no doubt about that, Mike. I remember we tested down at Road Atlanta with Dalton back many years ago and uh, almost went out to Sears Point one race without a pit crew. But uh, we tested Road Atlanta, and, you know, it had, had different elevations, you know, and they successfully mm-hmm. run some bush races out there. And we went down there and tested, and uh, there was one part of the racetrack in Road Atlanta that Wally was running 180 uh, just on a test. So, you know, you're going to have the speed. I think it's going to be interesting. And the fear of the unknown, I think, is probably the biggest deal because you look at a lot. I mean, it's very exciting. Yeah. Well, look at Darlington. I mean, Darlington's been exciting since they they first built it. I mean, you got to know what you're doing to get around that place. And and uh, but the fear of the unknown has a lot to do with it. But uh, Mike, y'all got an event coming up out there at Texas, and y'all have drawn some controversy early on, but it's turned into a premier track and event now uh tell us kind of like well, how many weeks off is like three weeks uh i know you've got yeah, be- november one through four and we'll have all three series having playoff races you know we'll, we'll have the triple a texas 500 on on sunday november 4th for cup and then on saturday we got the o'reilly auto parts 300 for xfinity and then we kick it off on friday night uh with the jag metal 350 for the Campbell world truck series so we're excited. We're one of the few tracks that has a triple header weekend for the playoffs, and uh, we're getting ready for that. We're excited about it. Uh, we got a lot of good things going on. But not only that, but during the summer, um, you have the Indy cars there, which is always an exciting. I can't believe how fast those guys get around there. But uh, Texas um, really, they run the full uh, gamut of auto racing as far as uh, the open wheels and uh, and the NASCAR. Yeah, Eddie loves to be diversified in what we could bring to the track and for the fans. You know, we also brought Robbie Gordon Stadium Super Trucks, uh, which is a great addition to that uh, summer weekend with the Indy cars and the uh, the trucks. And the fans just loved it. So that's been a new addition. Robbie does a great job with that series. But, uh, you know, the big show is in November with this triple header for the playoffs. Our races have always been so critical and pivotal who's going to advance to the championship because if they win at Texas, they get a berth in the Final Four at Homestead. Right. You know, last year, Kevin Harvick, who had never won at Texas Motor Speedway, was, I believe, 0 for 28. Mm. And and he comes in there and gets his W and advances and he finishes second to Kyle Busch in the spring. So, he's someone you won't want to look out for if he can get to that stage where he needs to get in or he's already in and looking to get to the Final Four. Kyle Busch is going for a sweep. So, um, it's proved very difficult at Texas Motor Speedway to sweep the two cup races. Uh, we had Carl Edwards do it and Denny Hamlin. I think Jimmy Johnson was the last one in 2015. So it's been tough to sweep, but you know if someone can do it, it's Kyle Busch. I love the caution lights you have at Texas because, uh, you know, they run up the poles in the grand, uh, in, on the, the fence in front of the grandstand. And it, it, I just always thought that was so cool. And you've always, as far as I know, as far as I can remember, you've always had those. 
We put them in a while back, and that was, uh, you know, Eddie's idea where he wanted to make sure that all the fans knew when there was a caution. Because if you think about it, it's difficult for people sitting in certain sections trying to see that yellow flag come out. So we did that, and now, you know, with the enhancement of the world's largest TV, now you definitely know when there's a caution on top of that. Uh, And one more thing I wanted to mention, uh, going back to Charlotte, in the event that it, I I don't know what the weather is for sure. I know today it's kind of iffy around this area. Of course, we're 80 or 90 miles away from Charlotte. But if it were to rain, from what I understand, they're going to put on the rain tires and the windshield wipers and keep going. Is that that your understanding? Mine too. And you talk about chaos then. (laughs) It will be crazy. I hope it doesn't rain for the fans' sake and all that. And uh, for the drivers as well, because they're trying to figure this track out, and you don't need to add a, another element like rain for them. So I think <laughs> it's going to be a great race. I think the fans are going to love it because fans like to see action. They like to see spins. They like to see drama. And I think the last handful of laps are going to be incredibly dramatic because you're going to have guys trying to get into the playoffs and they're going to know what position they are and if they have to gamble and you're going to have other guys who are going to say I need to sit back and my position is perfect right here. So, uh, 109 yeah. laps, Mike. That's I mean, that's a long, that's a lot of shifting and turning and uh, that could be a long afternoon. Yep, and, and as you know better than anyone, uh, mechanical issues are coming to play, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, you talked about the rain situation. That is really not that bad of a deal if you're running on a road course and get adjusted to it. Because we've done it for years in Trans Am and uh, no pit road speed or anything. And it's not that big a deal. It's just the same thing once the drivers get used to doing it. I can remember uh, if uh, we were on Firestones, uh, I think in 67, and some of them was on good years, and the Firestone was just a better rain tire. And uh, mm-hmm. rain come up, and and Bud and him went out there, and my brother and they they put rain tires on the start the race on one of the cars. Ed Lester was driving; he just drove off and left them because it busted down rain for it. He dropped the green flag, but uh, it's going to be interesting. It really is. And uh, Mike, do you guys have a road course at Texas? I, I probably should know we, that. We do. It's uh, not used as often as some of the other tracks uh, on the circuit. Um, are you starting to think the way Pietti's thinking? Well, no, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking that if this works out real good at Charlotte, which is uh, uh, your sister track, uh, I would think uh, you might you might look at doing something there. I mean, it's. Uh, I tell you what, I don't know if they'd like the second race of the season being on your roval, but uh, you know, there's a lot of other series like the the IMSA and, uh, that I think NASCAR owns now. You know, that might be a good place for them. But, you know, Eddie would have to trick it up if he was ever to think about doing that. And probably we'd say, you know what? Let's do it at night. Yeah, Let's or, make it even more fun for the fans. Or put a ramp or something or a, crawl, a, a, <laughs> a figure eight in there or something. But that was a – go ahead before we have to let you go and tell us uh, how you can get tickets and uh, and your big event there in November, which sounds terrific. I'm sure you got some packages that the fans would enjoy. Yeah, we got all kinds of packages. We have a sights and sounds for $99 where you get scanners, uh, two tickets and scanners uh, for the race weekend. And uh, we're really looking forward to having a bunch of fans come out, enjoy the weekend. We got all different packages. We have all different uh, things going on in addition to getting a Kurt Busch bobblehead 
Oh, so. boy, he's got a bobblehead anyway. <laughs> exactly. Now everyone in the stands gets one to take one home. Well, so Mike, we're excited about our race coming up at the AAA Texas 500, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, t- today and tomorrow with the Xfinity race today. I just can't wait. Mike, we really appreciate you coming on the show, and maybe we can have you on again when we get a little closer to November. We'd love that. Thank you so much. That's Mike Zizzo with the Texas Motor Speedway, and uh, great of him to come on, and appreciate you getting him there, Greg. I tell you, he, he's a wonderful guy, and like I say, somebody's got to hold down the ship. He's the vice president, and we know that Eddie Gossage is the, is the president, and they work together real good, and they come up with some really creative ideas. Because racing's not supposed to be easy. I mean, it's supposed to be hard, but it's... Uh, they run around it and adjust it. I'm sure there's a lot of adjustments got to be made. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. I can't wait to look. Well, I know they're going to go head-to-head with the NFL tomorrow and the NCAA today, so they've got their work cut out. But this is one week that I think it's going to be uh, well worth your while to see um, to see this race because it's going to be it's going to be something else. We, I hate to keep, but I don't think I'm beating a dead horse. I'm beating a, a horse that we uh, we haven't even seen perform yet. Yeah, that's what Hatman rode yet. Yeah, I so think, I think it's going to be a bronc and it's going to be a hard one to ride. Well, we're going to find out more about it after this break when we talk to Nelson Crozier. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I plantain. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon with no trim. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John D. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. I plantain. Tired of eating fast food for lunch every day? Wish you could have a good home-cooked meal but can't find the time? Well, now you can. Rascal's Eatery on Asheville Highway is now serving lunch. So stop on in and enjoy a meat and three plate with choices like fried chicken, country ham, or chicken fried steak. All served with your choice of homemade veggies like green beans and mac and cheese. Rascal's Eatery is conveniently located at 1455 Asheville Highway and is now serving these lunch specials every day from 11 to 3. Rascal's Eatery, serving the comfort foods you crave. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. Want to text the show? Download our app to use the Elite Audio text line. Search Fox Sports 1400 either at the Apple Store or via Google Play now. 
Selecting a financial advisor to entrust your hard-earned assets is one of the most important decisions you will ever make. Jenny Montgomery Scott has more than 185 years of experience, tracing its roots to 1832. Jenny's boutique size allows it to remain agile, meeting the demands of turbulent market cycles while addressing the needs of its clients. Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Jenny Montgomery Scott sets the bar high, providing superior advice, expertise, and support through every stage of your life and finances. As a firm, Jenny's regional size offers the advantages of scale, allowing for close client relationships with personalized advice and planning. Call Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs at 864-585-8282. That's 585-8282 or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Drink run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're going to say. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. That's right. You the champ. The drink run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the drink run, Kevin. Own it. Now at McDonald's, get any flavor large Minute Maid slushie for $2. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. A la carte only. Minute Maid is a registered trademark of the Coca-Cola Company. is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. Welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And how are you doing this morning, Nelson? Doing pretty good. Uh, Everything's quiet here at the racetrack, but not for long. Uh, I I would assume uh, Xfinity is getting ready to qualify or have already qualified or what's going on with them? No, Xfinity uh, does not qualify until uh, after the next cup practice starts at 11 o'clock. Uh, the Xfinity cars qualify at 12.10. At what time is that race? Uh, the race, uh, hold on one second, starts at 3 p.m. Okay. Well, Nelson, there's been no shortage of things to talk about um, today with this coming up and, and after I watched the qualifying yesterday and uh, I just I can't wait to see how they're going to pull this off what what are your thoughts on that unpredictable it looks to me like uh, people like Jimmy Johnson and uh, and Clint Boyer I mean this they're at the bottom four if this looks like and, and they've got good starting positions it looks like a good opportunity for them to to maybe steal one here and, and move on to the next round as I said, it's very unpredictable. Uh, Kurt Bush said, you know, he can throw a smoke screen and keep everybody behind him uh, and stay off the uh, 
called alligators and turtles. The alligators being the red and white strips, uh, the turtle being the humpback blue strip behind it, which tears the bottom of the transmission out. Uh, he said it's a fine line. If you can get up there on the alligator and stay off the turtle, you're probably doing well. But if you're just a fraction off, uh, you're in big trouble. Yeah, Nelson, that, that, that's one thing about I think the concept of this deal is great. But I think they should have looked at, uh, first of all, it's a road course now. I don't even like the name Roval. It's either road course or not. But, you know, we, we struggled at Sears Point a little bit, and we they able to pull that off. I just think that they, they don't have it designed quite right. And I hate that thing in the back street. They should just left that out, and that gives a full uh, three-quarters lap of, of oval racing. And, uh, you know, they talk about speed. Kurt Bush said something about what was going 185 mile an hour before we go to that. Well, look, look at all the places they run 210 before they get to the corner. I mean, you know, I just think the track needs, uh, I just, I just don't like the layout. The concept's great. The layout ain't right. That's my well, opinion. Well, it's a work in progress. And, you know, we know that they're going to be racing here again, uh, you know, next October in the same configuration, uh, or a similar configuration. But they've already fine-tuned this thing three or four times. And uh, between now and next year, they're going to fine-tune it some more. I think everybody likes it. Uh, they just say you've got to be careful on your equipment. You cannot overdrive the track. Nelson, what are the turtles made out of? We were talking to Mike Zizzo from Texas about it, and he wasn't sure. And I was thinking maybe uh, they were made of metal. I don't, uh, Greg might have told me that. And I know when they were on the air yesterday, it looked like they were out there on the back stretch uh, taking one apart or putting it together. I don't know if that – I think it was the one that, that Denny Hamlin hit. But what's the composition of those things? I'm not really sure, uh, but I will find out. But the biggest thing is you've got to stay away from it. Yeah, well, Denny didn't, and he ended up uh, having to go to a backup car. And speaking of cars, I, one thing that I found very interesting and sort of surprised me, I had to rub my eyes to see if I was seeing it right, was uh, the car number eight being back on the track. Right, that's Daniel, Daniel Hamler, uh, who is going to be in the 31 Cup car next year. He's replacing uh, you know, Ryan Newman. But what I, what Greg and I were talking about coming over here is, uh, I mean, I know NASCAR, uh, or my understanding from what Greg's told me is that NASCAR owns all the numbers, and they can pretty much do what they want to do. But I, I thought, um, I mean, Teresa Earnhardt was sort of sitting on that number from uh, Dale Earnhardt uh, Incorporated, DEI, and that was the reason that number hadn't been used. I know I you know, she wouldn't let, from my understanding, she wouldn't let Junior run it, so he had to go to 88. So how did they uh, pry that number uh, away from Teresa? Well, uh, she kind of lost it. Uh, but, you know, when she wouldn't let uh, Junior run the number, uh, it was still an active car that she had. Uh, the fact that it's been inactive, uh, NASCAR just uh, still put it back in circulation. Well, I know that number has a special significance to Greg, being uh, Joe Weatherly's number. And, uh, of course, a lot of people have used it since since Joe Weatherly, but I'll always associate it with Joe Weatherly. It's just going to be great to see it back on the track. And uh, the explanation I heard was because uh, Richard Childress said it was because Daniel Hemrick is from Kannapolis. And, um, well, that is part of it. I, uh, but, again, I don't think you're going to run it all next season. I think it'll be in 31. But 
they didn't specify that in the press conference. Okay. And and like you said earlier, and it was announced, I guess, last Saturday um, that uh, the Newman, Ryan Newman, I couldn't think of his name for a second, is going to be in the uh, the Jack Roush car, no, the number six, which is has had a pretty good history, but hasn't done too much lately. That's right. I, I think uh, he'll bring a lot to the team. Uh, he'll know, it, you know what it wants the way of the setup and give, give them a lot of input. Uh, you know, some teams, you know, the crew chief and the rest of the crew uh, know how to set the car up. And from the looks of it, when they put, uh, uh, you know, uh, the current driver in for a few races, he gave uh, a lot of input to get it running better. But they were so far in left field because their setup wasn't right. They were getting beat by one of their 10 year old uh, chassis that another team was running. So, you know, when you try to out trick yourself, you end up going to the rear. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, I, I was able to uh, back. I guess it was not quite a year ago, but about eight months ago, uh, got a chance. We, we interviewed Jack Roush. And, uh, man, matter of fact, we got to be pretty good friends. We never were, but we're done real good. But I asked him, I said, well, why wasn't he at the banquet? And he, he did, he did, was super nice and come to Daddy's funeral. And he said, I didn't need to be up there. He said, we ain't got a car in the top 10. And I said, well, what's the problem? I know you got motors, Jack. He said, yeah, we got motors, but we don't have a driver and a crew chief that can combine. And put it all on the racetrack, and I think basically that's that's the deal. They got to get a combination of uh, uh, of a guy that knows the chassis real good and a driver. And uh, like I say, I, I think that's going to be a good move on their part. Uh, Trevor come out come out great right out of the box, but uh, he hasn't seemed to blossom as much as everybody thought he would. So. There's a lot of people getting fired. Either you either win or or you get run off. I mean, that's just that's racing. <laughs> well, win or bring a bunch of money or see you later. Is it safe to say, Nelson, that the uh, and I don't know if experiment is the right word, and uh, you, you tell me, but uh, the the Matt Kenseth Kenseth uh, thing in the in the six car when he shared it with. Uh, Trevor Bain, I mean, I he was like non-existent. I never heard him hardly even mentioned. I don't know if he gave him any any kind of helpful input. I don't see where there was any great improvement in that car with Kansas. Is is, is he done for? I mean, you think he'll hang up his helmet for good now or what? I think as a driver, I think he's still going to be involved, uh, you know, in the dynamics and running of the team. Uh, but basically, he said, this car is so far off, nobody can drive so, you know, they got a lot of changes to do, a lot of front end geometry, not what it should be. Uh, so, you know, they've got to go back to basics, and, you know, then they can try some of the tricks from there. Yeah. So, I, I didn't know that they had a, a different a different chassis out there, but uh, I'm assuming that uh, the Rouse cars and some of them have this other chassis that uh, reflects back to maybe some of Richard Petty's experimentations they had going on for about 10 years that nobody could drive the car in a three-acre field. But uh, who builds who builds that chassis? Is it one particular person that designed it, or is it a Rouse design, or, or did Bob Riley come back from the deceased or something? I mean, what? How, how, how did that happen? Oh. I think the basic chassis uh, is the same, but they, uh, 
all the furniture, suspension, geometry, you know, uh, they changed the spindle heights, uh, they changed the turning radius, uh, and, you know, we're all familiar with uh, the term Ackerman, uh, you know, which equates back to a little wagon wheel, uh, where you're a kid's wagon. If you turn it to the left, both wheels turn the same amount. Well, uh, with Ackerman, uh, the left wheel was supposed to turn more than the right wheel, so they didn't drag. Well, now some of these drivers like it where the left wheel uh, doesn't turn as sharply, so it drags and theoretically it pulls them into the turn. Uh, but, you know, you have to have the right camber. Uh, you have to run a bunch of caster with it. Uh, the spindle heights have to be different. Uh, so many things when you change the roll center of the car. And you have to go back to a baseline setup and then work from there. And I think they're just way, way off on their baseline. Yeah, it sounds like in that Ackerman geometry, I know we we, we played with that, and that's going to be some touchy, some, some very touchy things. I'm going to tell you something. It's hardly a week goes by that I don't learn something. I could have, I guess, learned this from you. I've never heard of that, and it, it, hardly a week goes by that Nelson doesn't teach me something I didn't know about about auto racing. Uh, Nelson, you, you are the best. Let's get our picks in right now. Um, and this is a wild card if, if there's ever been one. So uh, nobody won last week, and you're still leading the pack. So who you like, Nelson? Huh. It's just a toss up in the air on this, but sure uh, I'll is. go ahead and uh, pick Kirk Burson. I don't know who else to pick, but <laughs> it's just going to be a throw up uh, as to who wins. I heard him on John Boy and Billy, and he sounded pretty uh, pretty confident. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to stick with uh, the two, with Keselowski. I mean, he's he's coming close when he's not winning. Uh, Greg, what do you think? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like Nelson. You know, a guy up front, if he had a, a James Bond smoke screen, he could probably stay up front, although they don't mess up in the pits. But if they do have kind of a crash and it's a good car and it's about mid-pack, would be, I, I'm going to go with Wood Brothers because they may tear up some cars and he get through the wreck or something. So. Anybody could win this one, that's for sure. So, I'm I go gonna, with Menard. Paul Menard, I'm sorry, Greg. Paul Menard and uh, Alex, our guest picker. Who you like? I'm going to take Jimmy Johnson. I think he's desperate, and I think nobody knows what's going to happen, and uh, he's an experienced winner. And I think you might have picked a winner there, Nelson. Let me ask you one more question before we have to go. How's the weather? And if it does rain, they will run into rain. Is that correct? Uh, that's correct, but I don't think weather's going to be a problem. We uh, have a possibly of a shower, but basically the weather looks pretty good. Well, I can't wait to see it, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it next week. I know there's going to be a the the racing talk shows and a lot of sports talk shows will have um, plenty, of, plenty of ammunition next week, because this is going to be something to see. Well, it'll be something to see, and it's something everybody is talking about. That's exactly right. Nelson, you're the best. Thank you for coming on, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, sounds good. Talk to you later. Thank, Thank you, Nelson. I tell you what, Nelson Crozier, you just, they don't, I say it every week, but you, they don't come any better. I learned a lot of things from Nelson. I mean, no doubt about it. I never heard about that Ackerman stuff. Uh, so, oh, yeah. anyway, it's going to be an interesting day, interesting couple of days. Alex, we really appreciate you sitting in and uh, over the winter, you got to teach me to push those buttons. I, I can do it. I can do this. And, um, if I can do it, anyone can learn to do it. That's It's not that hard. Well, I, I tell you what, you have to get you up out of bed after your long uh, high school Friday and your yep. girlfriend making you breakfast and you eating it here. And that's uh, 
Uh, we just appreciate you coming in and helping us like you did at the so many times in the past well it's no problem you guys got a great show i love i i get to sit in here and learn things i, I get to talk to you guys and then he'll hear nelson and uh i know more about racing every time i'm in here so well, thank you you talk to nelson two minutes and you'll learn more about racing greg i tell you what can't thank alex enough and uh like i say i feel like we got uh we got a real good show and and nelson really adds a lot to it but let's all go see let's go see what this race is going to do it's going to be great. Thank you for listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. We will be back next week and uh, have a lot to talk about. Keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Let's go, you know,